Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast, where week in and week out, Jeremiah proved we have no idea. We have any idea what we're doing. Jeremiah, how are you this evening, my good friend? I'm doing fantastic, and I'm excited, and it's true. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I just show up, and uh, I just talk for no reason. That's great, man. Uh, we've got some interesting comments uh, before we even get started here. The first one being Justin Outdoor saying, this music makes me want to drink tequila and dance. Um, we like a little Latin flair on our show. What can we say? Uh, I got this one. Dance while you got while you can. Ten seconds left. Uh, I love it, man. I love the, great. the music. Okay, so here's the deal. We do it every week. We're going to go ahead and get it going right now. You know what it's time for, Jeremiah. Uh, we're going to get a little tick, tick, ticker going. It's time to get that ticker going. So the fake news is up and ready to go. Funny story, though. <laughs> <laughs> I got a text from Jason Wish. I think you were on this text stream. Yeah, and he said text. somebody from the Shell Toey Trace Association got a hold of him and wanted and felt horrible that he wasn't getting paid to be on this podcast. <laughs> I As didn't G- even know who person was. They didn't realize that the fake news was fake news. They thought it was all real. So and for those uh, people that are just listening, we live stream uh, a lot of these on YouTube too. And at the bottom, we put like a little fake news ticker every week. We're just dumb stuff. We make up. And then uh, <laughs> I had no idea what he was talking about. Did he sent that text? I know. I'm going to have to go look it up. I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> But uh, hey, Chicken Trampers online tonight. CTU uh-huh. swag. Nice shirt. That's right. Wait a second. It's right here. Got to make sure it's the right side of the shirt. Got yes. my Chicken Tramper t-shirt on that Jeremiah got me. Uh, so, Jeremiah, tonight we have a legend. A legend on the show. And not just a legend of backpacking, but a legend of, of YouTube backpacking. And not just a legend of YouTube backpacking, but a legend of backpacking podcasts and not just a legend of backpacking podcasts <laughs> but a legend in the making of backpacking gear and now currently the gm of waymark gear oh yes let's welcome him in hello devin How's this it would going? be the man devin ashby how's wow. it going man that's uh that's quite the introduction <laughs> Hey man, we're all about the truth here on this podcast. I'm waiting for some like Barney Stinson or something. <laughs> Good luck living up to all that, man. You're like a king that's conquered all the lands. <sighs> Everything my computer screen touches is mine. It's just pure gold. <laughs> Anything your computer screen touches is pure gold. <laughs> hey, fun fact, actually, did you know, and I have no idea why I'm telling you this, but when kings would conquer other kings' lands, they would cut the train off of the king's garment and attach it to their train. And then uh, their train would get longer and longer as they got more and more powerful. That Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with that. See, I'm just saying, man. I'm full of useless information. <laughs> so just like that, we know that you've got to cut off somebody's train and wear it now. So yeah. <laughs> Yes, the king. I guess you Anyways, gotta, I guess you got to come out here, right? Oh, we need to come out there. <laughs> Actually, you know, funny story. We were supposed to be out there this past year, yeah. and then our, our our beloved COVID hit, right? Which, which, by the way, I'll figure. I'll go ahead and let you guys in on a little little fun fact for the night. I am currently uh, quarantining because I was around someone who potentially had COVID this weekend. Oh man! So, uh, I actually had uh, I got my brain swabbed today. And because uh, that's what it feels like. Have you guys done the, the COVID test? Now, Bridget had it done twice. Oh, my gosh. Imagine like a stick with a Q-tip on the end of it shoved clear up into the back of your brain. That's what it feels like. And uh, so, yeah, I, I had my brain tap today. So I'm sitting yeah. here. The nice thing is we don't do this together. So I, it's it's nice. We get to just kind of hang out, even though we don't have to worry about getting each other sick. It's kind of yeah, nice. I like are it. You, are, will you know if you have the antibodies once this test comes back? 
not from this test. I'll just know whether or not I have COVID. Yeah, because apparently uh, you've already had it, right? I had it in February. So <laughs> right. I don't know. That, I don't know if those antibodies are going to like hang out nine or ten months. I don't know. So yeah, I'm find a teacher. Out. I'm a teacher, and there's a lot of people all the time. Since you know you work with so many people, and things are kind of in and out, they. A bunch of different people have had to quarantine and a bunch of students, too. And one of my friends that also works at the school I'm at said that the health department told him that if he's exposed again after 12 weeks, then he has to quarantine again. They said that you're guaranteed good to go for 12 weeks. And then they're really not sure after that if you are immune. Really? That's what he said. Well, that's not that's not encouraging at all. Well, he could be lying to me too, but I don't think so. He said it was the second time he had COVID. Wow. I know. That's crazy. Devin, Devin, how are things out in Utah, man? Dude, Utah is it's kind of wild right now. Oh, yeah? Why is that? <laughs> well, I mean, if we're talking about COVID, things are just like everywhere else kind of right. skyrocketed and been pretty, pretty crazy. Governor making announcements and mandates and all that, but... I don't know. It's also getting cold. <laughs> Desert in the cold, man. We were talking on air, like or off air right before we came on about being in the desert. And Devin, according to you, you would never move like east, east coast Appalachian area. What is it that you love so much about the Utah deserts out there? Well, you've watched my videos and seen how absolutely beautiful it is right oh, oh yeah it's yeah. gorgeous oh, but yeah. i mean from a perspective of, of backpacking and just exploration there is so much to see and like it never it's never the same even though like in a way it is kind of the same but it's never a green tunnel of the same type of thing that you might get from just being in the forest all the time just don't bring Dan Becker and let him step on the wrong kind of soil. Is that one of those things? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What was that stuff he stepped on out there? Uh, it's called cryptobiotic soil. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like no, something it, that would like hurt Superman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like it, it, it's a living organism that is in the soil and it helps like prevent erosion and it helps keep moisture in the ground to keep plants thriving and all that in the desert ecosystem. So So you're saying with one step, Dan Becker might've destroyed an entire ecosystem. Correct. Wow. Way to go, Dan. Way to (laughs) blow it, Becker. I bet he didn't use a wag bag either. (laughs) Probably not. Okay. So now Devin, you are known for gear reviews because you've been doing gear reviews for years and Mm -hmm. you're also known to compare gear like to have different pieces of gear that are from the same, I guess you could say family of gear and comparing those things together. So we created a little segment tonight for you okay. that we're calling this. Okay. So it's real simple. This is how this is going to work. I'm going to show you guys two pieces of gear. Devin, you pick the piece of gear that you think is the wisest to take out with you when you go backpacking or the one that you just prefer. And Jeremiah, you pick the other one and defend it. Okay? Real I simple. Do, I can do that. Real I think. simple. So basically, Jeremiah has no choice here. He just has to defend whatever's left over. So, um, so let's start off with the all-time battle among backpacking gear, the all-time battle, and that is the battle of the hammock versus the tent. Simple, Ooh. obvious. So, so Devin, clear. Tell it's us, a clear tell answer. <laughs> I don't sleep in a hammock, so it's a tent. Like ground sleeping all day, every day, it'll always be, it'll always be the winner. And, and why is that? Why is that so important? I mean, technically, for the Utah landscape and the types of places that out here in the West, particularly in the desert, you just don't have places to hang a hammock. Oh, so. Fair yeah. I have a rebuttal. Oh, really? And what would your <laughs> rebuttal be, Jeremiah? I would pick the hammock most of the time. I mean, 100% of the time, even in the Utah desert, and it meant sleeping on the ground on top of a hammock without a pad. 
am freezing to death. <laughs> but <laughs> what I could do, if I were real smart about it, is they make these uh, devices you can take with you. Now, this isn't for the ultralight backpackers out there, but you can set it up. I thought about just making one at my house with two by fours, but you can buy lighter ones to set up and hang your hammock using those. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Why are you laughing it off, man? Don't you own one of those? No. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, that was good. That was a good start. That's a good start. Let's, let's go to the next item, okay? And this is more of an ultralight versus lightweight battle, okay? We're going to go with the camp chair versus the sit pad. Camp chair versus sit pad. Devin, which one are you choosing? Camp chair. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> ever since I got my, my chair zero and I I've had like other chairs in the past that I've taken and used, I mean, crazy Creek chair or like off brand random Helinox style chairs. And for those who have been, who are not able to watch right now, I just spilled LaCroix all over the front of my body. So <laughs> nice. It's cute. Heavy. It's cute, John. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, I mean, it, it just makes sense to carry the chair. I don't like, I don't know. It seems counter counterintuitive to say, oh yeah, sleeping on the ground is great, but I don't want to sit on the ground. I don't know. Yeah, that totally is kind of, that's a contradiction, first of all. Yeah, but the thing about it though is like in the tent sleeping on the ground, you've got a comfortable sleeping pad to lay down on top of. When you're sitting on the ground, you've got nothing supporting your back. So the chair is winner, winner for sure. All right, oh. Jeremiah, why is Devin wrong? <laughs> Well, first I wanted to ask Devin if he has ever used like a one-legged or two-legged chair. Yeah. And what do you think about those? Uh, so I have the, what is it? The A-Lite Monarch, which sure. is like, it's oh, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, a, it's like a balance chair. It's got two. Yeah. They're not around anymore. They actually, that company actually just went under, I think just not too long ago. No, I think so. I was at a hammock no. hang a couple weeks ago and there was a guy who had a couple of those and he said he was really bummed out when he found out that they went under. So, what? I mean, I, I could be wrong about that. And if anybody's chatting and they know better, please let us know. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what be, I heard. That'd be news to me. Month. But, yeah, I mean, I before before I got my Helinox, the, the A-Lite was what I had been using for a long time. Because it's a lot cheaper, too, for a really high-quality chair that is fairly lightweight. Yeah, but don't you have to, you said balance it yourself, so your legs are like the other two legs? Yeah, but it's it's surprisingly comfortable. It's not like an ab you, workout every time you're sitting no, in it? No, not at all. Okay, well. And it's kind of nice because you can you can sit like uh, crisscross applesauce. Yeah, and it's a rocker. I mean, you can, you can rock in it. Oh, I've yeah. actually sat in a chair before. It, the only it's thing fantastic. I didn't like about it was it sits so low. That That's was the true. Only yeah. thing I didn't like so about it. it yeah, it is. It is kind of hard to get in and out of. But I like that you can sit in the chair and you can cross your legs and be cooking your dinner and stuff. Oh where, yeah. Where, like in the in the chair zero, you're like doubled over with your gut in your in your thighs trying to sit and cook. <laughs> well, how many legs do we think a Gonex chair has? <laughs> I'm gonna Go say. Next. Gosh. It's gonna, it's gonna either be like six legs or zero legs. <laughs> There's no Jeremiah, why, why is Devin wrong? Well, you know I can understand why you'd pick chair where you're out in the desert and maybe you don't want to sit on your pad and lean up against something like a cactus. But where I live, <laughs> I like <laughs> where Continue. I live, where I live, I like to sit on a pad in a chair, but if I'm not allowed to bring the chair, we'll say in this case, you can always sit on the ground on the pad, especially little hack, fold it in half. You don't need all that space unless you got a huge butt, then maybe you do need all the space. But if you don't, you can double it over and then you'll have twice the thickness and then you can lean up against a tree or a rock. You know, there's all kinds of stuff. What size pad are you carrying to sit on? A Z seat. They're like this big. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah's been working to lose weight, man. 
<laughs> I'm working hard, man. You can't. So you you take it right, and it's it's like a it's almost a square, but not quite. Right. But when you fold it in half, you make a very elongated rectangle. Okay, you sit on it long ways, so it's long ways, and then you just sit right down on it. Do you follow what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I was confused because you were saying you were going to like <laughs> lean up against on the backside of it. No, 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 no. Uh, what I meant was you, when you fold it in half, that's just your seat. And then you can lean up against a tree. But beware. Pine I don't know. <laughs> yeah. there's Well, there's all kinds of things. So you could, <laughs> <laughs> you could lean up against like a pine tree and get sap all over your shirt. Yes. Right? Yeah. And if you want to make things a little bit more comfortable, especially if you're around camp, you could put your backpack between you and the tree so you kind of have a backrest. I take an Osprey. It's got that, like, anti-gravity suspension. Mm -hmm. Anti-gravity. And you could use that. But I have before sat on some moss on my Z-seat, and I was like, this would be a good idea. This moss is already really soft. And then you know those, like, lenses that you can clip onto your camera on your phone? Yeah. And you can do like macro or whatever you want to do. Well, I put one of those macro lenses on my camera and I was like filming the moss and I was like, oh, I'm going to get some sweet, juicy B-roll of this trip. And I'm filming, <laughs> filming. And then there's like, it looked like bugs. They were red and had little crawly legs. And then like two days later, I was eating up with chiggers and I had to put like this Vaseline stuff <laughs> on the bottom of my feet up to my neck and sleep in it. I had to go to the doctor. I think you just stuff. created your own argument for needing to carry a chair. Hey, I, look, man, I have no idea what I'm doing. You're, I don't know why not, anybody You're listening. not supposed to bring up those points, Jeremiah. Okay, well, just as a heads up, uh, Outland did post on here that Google says A-Light Designs has gone out of business as of September oh, 2019. man. So if you can sweep one of those things up, do it while you can because they don't get made anymore. So. That's a bummer. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to the next thing. And this is, this has become more of a debate recently. And that is the Sawyer squeeze that I just dropped and made everything go weird on my computer. <laughs> okay. There we go. The Sawyer squeeze versus the be free by Catadyne. This is going to be a fun one for Devin. Cause I've watched Devin's videos on both of these. So <laughs> right. And Where you at, Devin? If you, if you watched my video today, you, so I released a video, my favorite gear of 2020 or the best backpacking gear of 2020 for me. Uh, the Be Free is in that video, but it's only in that video because it's what I have used just primarily for this uh, entire like backpacking <laughs> season for the year 2020. Honestly, the VersaFlow, the Sawyer, the Be Free, they're kind of like this point, they're all kind of sixes for me. All I know is that the ecosystem killer says it's Catadyne, obviously. So, <laughs> yeah. Dan Becker has spoken. Dan, so, right. Dan got a comment recently about uh, <laughs> how like yeah. replacing the cartridges on the Catadyne is terrible for the environment. That poor, that poor video of Dan's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> have you gone and read the comments oh i quit reading I comments on those I videos stay out of his ago. comments yeah. bro yeah oh, that's toxic that's a oh man so so you're Only not gonna pick through hikers use sawyer according to dan so just want to throw that out there too well now i don't dan, know which one, <laughs> which one am i supposed to pick then that's a good point so, Devin, you have to pick one. Otherwise, I don't have a counter argument. Dan's well, just going. He's not stopping in, me. Yeah, in a, in a roundabout way, I said the be free. Oh, be free. okay. We'll go okay. with that. We'll go with that. Okay. My mistake. That's good because Jeremiah hates the be free. <laughs> well, actually, I, I absolutely love the be free my entire through hike of the long trail. And I, I bummed. Okay, I'll try not to make this long and lengthy. I use long and lengthy. Long okay. and lengthy. <laughs> I use the Sawyer Micro. Okay. That's what I started out with because I was like, oh, this micro, this is going to be great. It's going to be lighter. And I tested it out. The flow rate is almost as good as the full, you know, Sawyer squeeze. And then it started stopping up on me. And I back flushed it, back flushed it, and it started to suck even more. 
So finally, long story short, I meet this guy. He He's part of our trail family while we're through hiking. And I had saw his Sawyer squeeze full. I thought about buying one. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to tough it. And it was in a trail town that had a gear shop. And he put it in the hiker box. And I left it there because I was like, oh, th- he's probably having the exact same problems as me. So I'm not going to take it. It might suck. I don't know why I just didn't just think I'm going to take it and then test it out once I get back to the laundromat where all my gear is. So I left it, and then, like, the next day, he was like, oh, I left that. There's nothing wrong with it. I just wanted to try the B-Free. And I bummed his B-Free the rest of the trip. I was like, <laughs> dude, I'll fill up your water and everybody else's if you'll let me use the B-Free because it's like turning on a faucet. So then I bought a B-Free. And it was no longer like a faucet. It's like once I got my grubby hands on it and started using it on trail, it lasted like four trips. So that's why I am going with the Sawyer Squeeze, which I've also ruined one of those because I don't th- <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to back flush them with like water from the sink. I think you have to use no. like filtered water because or, yeah, like distilled water. Yeah. yeah. So I started using the the water from the refrigerator. You know, on the fridge, you got the little thing on the front for filtered water with the Brita inside the fridge. I started using that, and that thing is working perfect. Plus, they thread onto the the smart water bottles and the life water and all those. Yeah, so I think... Jeremiah's getting called up by his wife, by the way. The brief... Oh, yeah, that's true. It was a Christmas gift, and I felt very bad about telling our friend that it sucked. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they they understood they're backpackers too <laughs> yeah it's, uh, i guess what i was going to say is with be free because of like how it's constructed you have way more of the hollow fiber membrane like exposed and so mm-hmm. when it's brand new it's just like a faucet because more water can push through it at one time right yeah and yeah. then like with the with the squeeze, it's just a tube, and so you're limited at that amount of like real estate that you have to to push water through. Yeah, which I like think the- that I think the the Sawyer backflush is better because you get higher pressure coming out the inlet side versus like shaking the B free. Yeah, the B free you got to like stick it in water and then shake it around, and that was what the instructions said, do you know a better way of like making it? Devin no actually has up? an entire video on how to take care of the bee free filter. I know. Cause I've watched it. Oh, yeah. I like that. Dude, You gotta like, <laughs> you have to like soak that thing before you take it on a trip, soak it in vinegar. That's, that's my issue with the bee free is it requires a lot of maintenance. Yeah. Bee like free. you kind of have to, you kind of have to baby it. Now, Devin, I'm going to be honest with you right now. You're being called out by Dan again. He says, don't let Devin fool you. He brings like 10 bottles of Fiji water because he's afraid to filter. <laughs> I was seeing him. That's not true. Can't I confirm. bring Dasani. Dasani it's only. Dasani. It's Dasani only. Okay, we have one more item. We have one more item that I've got. I want I want you guys' opinion on. And this wait, is, this wait, is the wild on. card. Hold on just a second. I wanted, if it's okay, I wanted to ask Devin. I saw somebody commented about the Akamura tablets or the drops and i actually saw that in one of your recent videos oh yeah and i have never used them or taken them as a backup i looked for them before like walmart but they were sold out and i heard that they make your water taste funny and you have to wait 30 minutes before drinking what has been your experiences with them yeah i have a child coming in oh that, <laughs> that's awesome the joys the joys of hanging out with the family come say hello to youtube to the live stream. Stop it. Oh. <laughs> okay, Hi. She ran off. She's like, no way, man. There's the door slam. Wow. She really yeah, You need to go out. Anyway. So, um, okay. Here's, here's my experience with the Aquamira drops. Um, I, so my college education was outdoor recreation management. Mm-hmm. And for, 99% of the trips that we went on, I apologize for the child. Oh, you're good, man. John <laughs> has kids too. Um, but we like we didn't take any water filters. Everything that we did on those trips was with Aquamira. So I've done a lot of a lot of trips that didn't have a hollow fiber filter or anything. We just used Aquamira. 
Um, so what it is, it's chlorine dioxide. And it's got two parts that you mix together and it creates a, basically a chlorine solution. So you use two that, different bottles and drop them both in there or it's all in yeah, the Yeah, there's bottle. a part A and a part B. It's a chemical reaction between the mm-hmm. two. It creates a chemical reaction that creates the chemical chlorine dioxide, which you then put into your water and it's basically neutralizes the water. It doesn't, doesn't filter it. It just kills all of the active bacteria and protozoa so that it's safe to drink. So you got to like use a bandana or something if it's coming from a source that may have some grit or bugs yeah. or something? Yeah, for sure. Gotcha. For sure. So I use it um, because in a lot of cases in like the desert landscapes that I backpack in, uh, a lot of that is BLM land or just a public land where grazing of cattle is allowed. And so there's cattle all over the place and just couple years ago, one of the trips that I went on walking down the trail, there's a dead cow right in the Creek. Ooh. And you drink that water with the Akimura, Aquamura tablets. Yeah. So in the, in that type of situation, I filter it. And then just to be safe, I mean, you got a dead cow in in your water source. (laughs) I'll bet it still tasted awful. No, it wasn't too bad. Really? Yeah. Did you ever, okay. You've watched Highline, right? Mm-hmm. So you saw the poop water section where they yep. all drank the poop yep. water and they said it still tasted like poop, even though they did all the stuff to the water. Yeah. The difference would be moving water versus stagnant sitting. Yeah. Water. Good call. Yeah. We were just told by nomad sergeant to uh, just filter the water with your epic beards. So, <laughs> that would be pretty sick. Devin's got, I, I, Devin's got an epic. Beard. I got a pre-filter. I like it. <laughs> okay, so the so last last thing we're going to talk about here, with and then we'll get into some good stuff. Um, let's say you just got done hiking a long day, about 20 miles on the trail. Muscles are feeling sore. At the end of the day, you got to take care of those muscles. Are you going to roll them out with a ball like this one, one of these Rology balls, or are you going to do what I think Jeremiah would do and bring a full-size roller out into the backcountry with you. Devin, what are you doing? This would be a hypothetical situation because I would never carry either of those things. Oh, <laughs> that makes this a great decision. Let's hear what you got to do. Uh, I, for the, the space and weight, I just take the, the Rology ball. <laughs> yeah. They're like 0.7 ounces. How but heavy I'd also, is that? I'd also just find a rock. Actually, that's it's funny you say that. Greg Morton just said use a rock. rock. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Although Hunter Hunter's on here and he says Rology's amazing. So uh, if Jeremiah Rology wants to send me one, or if somebody wants to, to hook me up with Rology, go for it. But I'll just I'll just find a rock. Plus, go. like you say, twenty miles, dude. Twenty miles out here would be brutal in a day. So you would need it then. Oh yeah. Yeah. So maybe somebody it? should send you a urology ball. What is it about the uh the mileage there that's making the twenty miles brutal? I mean, I don't think twenty miles anywhere is easy, but like I, oh, I sure. did it in the northeast. Yeah. But what what specifically are you talking about mountains or I thought desert walking, even though it would suck because of carrying water and that kind of stuff if you had to. I thought it was fairly flat, but also I've never been there and I have no idea. Yeah, it just depends I mean, on the terrain. A lot of it is either elevation gain plus high elevation, like altitude, just fatigue from being at a high altitude. I got you. And in the terrain yeah. is, is is tough. That makes sense. So, Jeremiah, why are you taking this with you out in the backcountry? First of all, I'm going to modify that thing. I'm definitely taking my trekking pole apart and putting those little circle things. For anybody that's just listening, he has a full, he's got a full size roller that you would have, like, you know, at your your house house and rolling your quads or whatever on. I'm going to take those little circle things that are on the roller and I'm going to put those on my trekking pole. And then I'm going to use my trekking pole as the roller. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This, is, this is why Jeremiah is a very popular YouTube channel. I think that wins. <laughs> Smartest man in Kentucky. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, he brought that back out. 
That's Sparks right. Kentucky. I own it this all right. time. So, Devin, let's let's talk a little bit about you now. Let's let's get away from all this stuff and let's let's talk about you. Tell <laughs> us a little bit. Okay, you've already talked about college and all of that, but what made you suddenly get into like YouTube and you do a podcast? Um, what what got you into all that stuff? Man, it. Uh, I love I love gear. Obviously, I mean, yeah. you, you watch the channel, you know that I love gear. I love testing gear. I stand in front of a stupid amount of gear when I film my videos. Your stickers right back there, actually. Hey, right on. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, it just kind of came from, I needed a creative outlet. I'm a very introverted person, even though it may not present that way. I, I like my personal time. I like to process things alone. And I'm not really good about having conversations with like friends or my wife about all of the like ideas that I have of gear and the outdoors and like trips that I'm planning and that kind of stuff. And so YouTube before it was YouTube, it was a blog and that blog was primarily just an outlet to talk about gear and to talk about the outdoors and my passion for it and to not like, push that onto my wife so much. And then at one point I was like, huh, what if I started adding videos to my blog write-ups that support the text that I'm writing? And that's where like the YouTube was born. And you are a lot like Jeremiah. You're a teacher. You'd like to teach. Yes. I mean, not professionally. (laughs) <laughs> not, keep it professional man not by trade i didn't go to school to be a teacher <laughs> no but you but you like to teach like if you watch your videos it's very obvious that you enjoy teaching people like proper ways to I use do. gear proper ways to handle the outdoors like what what got you to that point because i know you even you even teach college classes or you at least you did mm-hmm. teach college classes yeah i still i still do i think i'm oh six or seven semesters into into teaching What's the name so, of your class? Intro to backpacking. <laughs> Super fancy. That is so, awesome. My final exam is like 50 questions, like 30, 40 multiple choice and 10 short answer. What does your final exam look like for that class? It's a backpacking trip. <laughs> wow. I want to take that class. <laughs> yeah, sign me up, man. Yeah. So um, that came about because... I went to, I got my bachelor's degree in outdoor recreation management from Utah Valley University. And at one point, the associate professor, like the department chair, she came to me and she was like, hey, you're about to graduate. We need additional adjunct instructors for our backpacking classes because the program is growing. We're getting more and more students interested in this program. And so we need it, this as a prerequisite for basically every other class in the program. We need more adjunct uh, teachers. So once I graduated, I jumped on the opportunity to, I'm going to get to teach backpacking, talk about gear, teach people about leave no trace, help them be responsible in the outdoors and get paid to go on a backpacking trip. Like, wow. It's a I'm not going to argue man. about that. That's <laughs> a rough life. Yeah. I've watched so some a- of your, in some of your videos, um, you, or maybe it's just us talking personally. You have talked about like, you get passionate about things, but uh, you also don't want to get bored of one specific kind of, hobby so i know you Mm -hmm. backpack um you also see the gear table behind you um you have like it looks like a sewing table or sewing machine over your left shoulder and then you i believe rock climb or boulder or that kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah can you tell us a little bit about your different hobbies yeah uh it's not only backpacking um i am very passionate about the second amendment and love, uh, the hobby of firearms and, uh, shooting. I also, yeah, it's, it's kind of silly, but the it's backwards. The sewing machine behind me, this is, uh, 
one of the best things that I've ever done for my mental uh, life, I guess you could say, and just like the ability to create in a different in a different way that's not through video and, and that kind of stuff. So I love to sew. I mean, I've got an industrial sewing machine behind me. <laughs> and where'd you learn that? I self-taught. And that was before you started uh, backpacking or you're just like, you know what? I want to make this piece of gear and nobody else makes it. So I'm going to do it. Yeah. Well, no, not really. I just, there was a point where I wanted to learn how to sew and I wanted to make a hammock and was at the time I was interested in hammock camping. It was starting to like dig into that, but dark quickly, times quickly fell away from it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dark period in Devin's life. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, it's just a, a hobby that, and I'll, I'll kind of go back because you just said, was it before I started backpacking? And mm. I should say that if people don't know, I, I'm kind of, different than I think a lot of people, especially like a lot of YouTube creators, at least the people that I, that I watch, I've been in the outdoors my entire life. So there's not this like moment in my life that was, Oh, I'm going to start backpacking. And now this is my sport and this is my hobby. I've always backpacked. I've always camped as a family. Like this is more your life than anything else. Yeah. And it, and it always has been. So Yeah. So there's other hobbies that I'm now realizing that I want to dig into that I haven't been part of like childhood growing up. So I've been a climber, rock climbing for 20 years, worked for a indoor climbing facility for eight years before I moved on to Waymark a couple months ago. Uh, but before that, I was even working at an indoor climbing gym when I was a teenager. So climbing has been a big part of my, my life for 20 years, which is pretty crazy. That's awesome. And got a question for you. Yeah. Got a question for you online. Uh, you mentioned the second amendment. It says, Hey Devin, how do you carry while on trail? And do you or Waymark have any thoughts about making a pack or a holster to go inside a pack that would allow you to draw your weapon while backpacking? Um, yeah, good question. So I just, I either put the uh, firearm in my backpack or uh, I'll just carry it right in my front pocket. So I've got a very small uh, pistol that I'll carry with me when I do carry in the outdoors. Uh, but the second part of the question, I don't know that Waymark probably would never dive into that realm because there are plenty of other like specialty companies that... Right are within that realm. Like Hill people gear is a great option. They make uh, like a great chest pack that you can wear that makes for easy access to, to a firearm. Uh, Hunter's trip says you make the coolest chest rigs for hiking and fly fishing. <laughs> the hunter has been just pestering me. Not in a bad way, <laughs> not in a bad way. Hunter at some point, I will get you a pack <laughs> made on this machine. <laughs> Now we did, we talked, I don't know if it was yesterday when we talked, we were like, maybe you should sew a bag while we're doing this whole thing. And then we'll give it away at the end. But, uh, yeah, then we realized that that's not working. So we didn't yeah. do that. So <laughs> sorry, Hunter, you had your chance. I have a, a, a controversial question about rock climbing. Okay. And There's controversy with rock climbing. I <laughs> know. So I'm not a rock climber. And, um, whenever I think rock climbing, I know there's different types. And one top is you you drill in either by hand or with with a tool um, like a power tool, and you have an anchor, like basically mm -hmm. a hook, and that is you know an anchor for you to tie to while you're climbing on you know whatever you're climbing on. So I was talking to a buddy that also climbs and we're talking about leave no trace when it comes to backpacking. And then also, I mean, we were hiking, but he also climbs. And so we were thinking about, it's not really a double standard, but it is kind of an interesting thing that we preach, leave no trace. And then there's a lot of, I think, um, I don't know, not really forest service, but 
preservers of natural land that don't want rock climbers in specific location because uh, I don't know if it actually harms anything, but they're drilling into um, rock walls. So I don't really have an opinion on this. I'm just looking for information and what your thoughts are on that. And you don't have to answer if you're not comfortable with that. Yeah, no, it's it's a fine fine question to ask. And honestly, the, the discussion and the answer could go on for hours and hours of, of conversation. But I mean, if you take into consideration like different types of user groups, everybody is going to develop their own ethics around what that user group is and how they're going to treat the land. People that uh, like to be on four wheelers or dirt bikes, they have their own ethics of how that land is going to be used and what is appropriate. A backpacker might look at that activity and go, well, you're just, you're tearing it up. Um, Moab, uh, Utah is a good example. Everybody knows Moab and like the jeeping scene, the mountain biking scene. And sure, it'd be great to go out onto all those red rocks and not see like tire tracks and stuff, all the rubber on those trails. And when it comes to, to climbing and bolting a, a route, uh, it has its own rules and responsibilities that go into, are you uh, doing it in a way that is drawing unnecessary attention to that area? Or is it, are you trying to create a scenario that, even though it's creating an impact, it doesn't create unnecessary impact that has issue down the line. So there's organizations like the access fund. That would be a great resource. If anybody's interested, like go to the access fund uh, website or the American Alpine club and great information there of how those nonprofit organizations are working to protect climbing areas, but also not in in the way that like ooh climbers need this land and this is the most important like thing for us it's also like in Zion National Park for example there's a bird called the condor that uh, at some point during the year those condors that are an endangered species climbers don't have access to uh, the cliffs that these condors are uh, either like laying their eggs or they're at. And so like the access fund helps protect those climbing areas and fund the, uh, basically the awareness around protecting and taking care of climbing areas. Yeah. It's interesting. The uh, condors have actually been, that's been an issue since I was a kid back in the Mm eighties. That's just been a big issue for a long time. Now, one of the things that I know that you're passionate about is public lands. hundred percent. And one thing that I know that Jeremiah knows very little about is public lands. And so what we're going to do is we're going to name, we're going to name a national park. And I want Jeremiah to try and guess where that national park is. And then Devin, I want you to tell him the the right answer for that. Yeah. So hold on. The reason that I held up this shirt is (laughs) this is actually from a company called wild tribute. Uh If I can shout them out. Yeah. absolutely. Uh, But if, 4% 4% of proceeds from all of their sales go to uh, a national park of your choice. What's the name so, of that company? Very cool. Wild Tribute. That's awesome, man. That's awesome yeah. that they're giving back. I love companies that do that. Yeah, so it's cool to buy apparel that gives back straight to the public lands. Oh, 100%. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, I know there's, that's a big move right now. You've got Darwin with the... Uh, worried about public lands right now. You've got uh, Plug It In Hikes, who is mm-hmm. who is doing a big thing right now about cleaning up all the trash in our public lands. So, Jeremiah, I want to find out how little you know about our public lands and where they are. And this all this is happening because of a conversation <laughs> we had before this started. And Devin wanted us to do this really bad. So we're going to do this because he pointed because at a picture. picture, right? Yes, it was yes. because of a picture behind him. <laughs> And, I want to uh, know if anybody in the chat can tell me what this is. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if anybody can can come up with that. So, all right. So I'm going to give you, Jeremiah, I'm going to give you the name of a national park. And then I want you to tell us where it is. Okay. okay? Well, first, I want to show everybody uh, that's watching 
Devin's backdrop here because I wanted to be able to uh, to see it well enough so they can try to figure out what that is because I asked him and I had no idea. Okay, sorry about that, John. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're good, man. You're good. All right, so we're going to start with the first one, and that is Denali. Where is Denali National Park? Denali. Well, I'm going to be honest. I thought Denali was a country. Um, can what? I at least know what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Bro, I, I may be the smartest dumb person in this room. Let's see. Denali is a national park? What it is con- a national park. Established in 1917, the United States, like uh, North America. Oregon. <laughs> the the tallest it. mountain. You're, gonna, you're, you're, you're saying America. Oregon? You're oh, saying the Oregon. tallest. Hold on. Hold on. I just got a hint there. You said the tallest what? It's the tallest mountain in North America. Oh, the tallest mountain in North America. I'm going to go Oregon. <sighs> Try wow. again. <laughs> I, I just I just want to say this right now. We have a ten year old who just answered this correctly online. That would be Odin on the trail. It is Alaska, Jeremiah. You're welcome. Hope you feel <laughs> hope you feel smart, Odin. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's uh let's go with another one here. How about Yellowstone? Yellowstone, Montana. Nailed it. Actually, it is, but it's also part of another state. What other state is it a part of? Well, if I knew the state's boarding Montana, then I would nail that too. But I don't, so I'm just going to yell out Wyoming. (laughs) (laughs) That would be wrong. What is the other state that that is a part of? No, it's Wyoming. Actually, it's it's Idaho. What? And Wyoming. How about that one for you? Oh. Flex on them. Look at that. That's two in a row. Can we have a can we have a follow up question for that? We can have a follow up question for that. True or false? Yellowstone was the first national park. True or false? Well, I have to say false. It's a fifty fifty shot. You want me to name the first one? Oh, for three. Oh, for three. I thought I nailed Yellowstone. Or, or sorry, no. You're you're one for one for three. Well, I meant we true. Go. I misspoke. <laughs> 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 okay. Jeremiah, where is Sequoia National Park? Sequoia, California. Wow. I, um, I thought this was going to be way worse than it is. Bro, um, I took geography. We're going to have to. Okay. Okay. Here comes one that may be a little more difficult for you. Okay. Acadia National Park. Acadia. Uh, can I at least have a like a region of the country? No, because you're answering too many of these right. So, uh, yeah, I'll y'all wanted me to. Okay, go ahead. Northeast. Ooh, well, there's a lot of countries in the Northeast. Let's say <laughs> <laughs> it's a Let's state. Say... <laughs> I, I wait, wait, did I say countries? Did I say countries? I meant state. I meant state. There's a lot of states in the Northeast. I feel like I'm getting bullied here. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm a co-host of this podcast, and I'm getting bullied. And I'm going to say New Hampshire. You say New Hampshire? New Hampshire. Devin? No, what he's just shaking his head. No, it's, he, I'm supposed to sit here in silent shame. What, what, what state would that be? What state borders New Hampshire? I don't know. <laughs> where where is Katahdin? Where does the Appalachian Trail? Oh, finish? Maine. There you go, Maine. There it yeah. is. I'm such a yeah, dunce. and and Lance made sure to remind everybody that Jeremiah is teaching our children, folks. <laughs> now, in in defense of hey. Jeremiah, Jeremiah teaches math. Hey, so look at this. He, he doesn't teach geography. Geometry is not geography. That's right. That's <laughs> if right. you hit me with like an algebra question, I'll fail every day. Yeah, yeah. See, what's a prime number? Three. No, not what is an example of a prime number. What is the definition of a prime number? Three. <laughs> See? <laughs> See? I told you. I may okay. I may not know the geography, but <laughs> I'm good with numbers. Now we were talking earlier and you actually spent some time in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> Devin, you actually spent some time in New Hampshire, and we found out that Jeremiah thinks he has a pretty good New Hampshire accent. No, well, first so, of all, I never said that. I don't know. That's what I thought he said. That's what I thought he said. So, here, Devin, can you give us a, a word, and and we'll see if Jeremiah can say that word with a proper New Hampshire accent. America. Oh, you want me to say it like a like person New Hampshire? From, yes, a New Hampshireian. Is yeah. that what they're called? Yes. Uh, America. How's that? <laughs> no. um, you okay, you say I it, like Devin. it though. How, how, <laughs> how are you supposed to say it? I I don't know. America. America. Yeah. I don't mean to offend anybody in New Hampshire. <laughs> America. No, whenever I was on the long trail. Um, there's a a number of people that I was with from the Northeast, and a couple were, were from Boston or the surrounding area. One in particular I actually started the trail with. He uh, he lived straight up just in Boston, near the coast. Nice. And at the end of the trip, um, I started practicing a Boston accent, like that uh, the New England. And, uh, <laughs> well, I practiced it for like two days, and the guys I was with were like, Bro, we started. We should have started practicing this like three weeks ago. Like they're like, you're never gonna get this. But well, here let's 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 swing into something else here, and and it's good because we got this comment right here from uh, Bluegrass Backcountry Music. Hey, gentlemen, I got a great handwritten note from Devin in the mail when my Waymark pack got repaired. What a great company and GM, oh, Devin. The last right time, on. yeah, the last time you were on our show. You were telling us you made the announcement to everybody and made it known that you were the new GM of Waymark. Why don't you tell us what it's been like working uh, at this new company? Dude, it's amazing. The uh, The transition from the job that I was working previously in of, like in a, the service industry uh, to being in a, in a production setting is a huge, huge change. But it's incredible. Uh, Waymark is a phenomenal company. The owner, Mark, uh, is he's he's a good human, and what he's put together in like product designs and just the overall like scope of what Waymark is and how awesome the backpacks are. Like it's it's a dream, a dream job for sure. What's a typical day look like for you? Like, what do you do? You wake yes. up, you got your family, and then at some point you go to work. What's that look like? Yeah. So today uh, we just launched like a limited edition of one of our packs. And so uh, it was a lot of like order processing and updating like our order status sheet. I did a lot of shipping today. I sat down at a sewing machine for like two hours and was doing some of the production and and then there's all of like the managerial stuff as the general manager we're such a small company that we don't have an hr director we don't have a marketing team like i am assuming all of those like jobs as well so do a lot of marketing and yeah a lot of hr type of stuff as well so Waymark, even though if you go to the website, you wouldn't know it. You're a cottage company. Um, oh, yeah, 100%. So, Everything's so, made in uh, Salt Lake City in our warehouse. I mean, how, many, how many people does Waymark employ? There's seven of us total. That includes myself and Mark, the owner. And then we have five people on our production team. That's crazy to think of knowing, at least from what I've seen, the number of people that are starting to use Waymark packs that weren't before. I know even Darwin has a a backpack that's called the Evolve Pack that he kind of helped design and everything. Yes. Um, and when you get Darwin's name behind something, it seems like that brand t- takes quite a leap. Um, how busy are seven people doing all that production? Dude, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, we've made just in in the short like two months that I've been there, we have a lot of what we've been doing is focusing on just efficiencies in production and just every day is go, 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 go. I mean, we're shipping, I don't know, 40 to 50 packs a week. Wow. So 
That is, is insane. Is with, such, with such a few number of people, and I guess you don't do a lot of firing and hiring, even though you're the HR guy. Yeah. <laughs> haven't, but, haven't, uh, yeah, none of that's happened. <laughs> it, typically speaking, in my experience, whenever I've, um, like, you know, talked to people that are working at companies like that, usually they're just as passionate as we are because, you know, they, they want to get in there. They want to get their hands dirty and like make this stuff because they actually go out into the back country and use it. Yeah. And that's like, that's a, a an interesting comment because the makeup of our employees right now, not everybody's a backpacker. Wow. That's they're, surprising. But they're very skilled, uh, sewers and very hands-on and in that kind of aspect. Um, and that's, what's interesting to me about being in that production side of things is, you can have, in fact, one of our employees, she has hiked the PCT. She's hiked the Appalachian Trail. And so she's like a full on through hiker, which is really cool. But then we have uh, another employee that is a phenomenal like production person on the team. Very efficient, does a really great job, uh, but hasn't ever carried one of our packs in the backcountry. Which wow. like you would think, well, that's kind of ridiculous if you have employees that aren't using the product, but that's what's interesting about it being in production. There's plenty of other products out there that we're using. I mean, all of your Osprey packs and like even <laughs> ULA, for example, like they have plenty of employees that don't use the product as well, but they're helping create an amazing product. Right. Brian Winburn asked a great question. How are you managing the quality with that much output? Uh, a lot of attention on uh, quality control. So that's been part of my responsibility in this new role is helping establish and create better and higher uh, performing, I guess, uh, quality control checks through the production process. Wow. Gotcha. So what is that? Think back on 17-year-old Devin for a second. <laughs> 17-year-old Devin is sitting here, and, and he loves to go backpacking and being outside with his friends and doing all this stuff. Does he ever imagine he's actually going to get to be in the industry, the backpacking industry, as a full-time job later in life? At that time, no. But it was, it was in college because, I mean, if you want to get real specific, <laughs> I... <laughs> I have a huge passion for photography. And when I was 17, 18 years old, we're getting very specific. Uh, <laughs> I had decided that I'm going to go on this two year uh, stint. And that's why I went to New Hampshire. If you have any idea about the two year <laughs> time frame, you'll know why. Uh, anyway. Then when I would get back, I would go to college and get a degree in photography. Once I started college and was in a photography program, I was like, there's no way I'm going to work for myself. This is, this is ridiculous. And so a really close friend of mine suggested, hey, jump into the outdoor recreation program because that's you love being outside. That's like your passion. So make it your career, make it what you do for the rest of your life. So that's what I did. And at that time I decided and got really good advice from other people that said, if you're going to invest in your education, do everything in your power to make it what you do for the rest of your life. That's awesome. That's so, awesome. I guarantee there are a bunch of people watching right now that are very jealous of the fact that you get to do what you do. For a living. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that's fair. I that's mean, fair. really, I mean, that's, I mean, most of us are in here. We're not in here because, because uh, we're into skateboarding, although we may be, that's not why we're here. We're here because we like to backpack, you know, we're not in here because of anything else. Yeah. And uh, you actually get to do this for a living. And uh, Hunter's trip has a very Hunter question for you. What is something new at Waymark you want to talk about, but can't elaborate fully? 
trying to get the scoop in here. <sighs> He's thinking, can I tell them? It, uh, it, it, it goes on your back. It carries, <laughs> it carries gear. <laughs> and it will be within a liter capacity of 18 to 28 liters. So it's a backpack. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Or wow. it may it may be something else. <laughs> that was a really slick one there, man. I think you got that over on us. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I guess it's it's conceptual right now because the the smallest liter pack that we have is a 30 liter pack. It's called our mile. Um, and it's a great pack, but it is too big for a lot of day hikes that somebody would do. So we don't currently have a day pack and that is pretty much the next thing that we want to start working on. Just really quality, functional, usable day pack that fits within the line. Now, are you, uh, someone just said that's a huge water bladder. Um, (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) uh, Now are are you guys only frameless packs or do you do framed packs as well? Only frameless for now. That I guess is another aspect that we're trying to figure out a little bit. We have a 50 liter pack that we really would like to be better focused on a transitional pack for people to move from a 65 or 70 liter framed pack into the frameless world. And so, I mean, it's not going to be full suspension. It's not going to be anything super elaborate in that, in that way. It'd be an aluminum uh, stay kind of uh, situation, but yeah. Justin outdoors said he would love to see a winter mountaineering pack. If you guys ever go framed. And of course, Justin, for those of you who don't know who he is, that dude gets out into some cold wintry Canadian weather. And, uh, just did a video, I think last week, hiking in a blizzard in Canada. Like that might as well be the Arctic, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so uh, if he's, you guys think you'll ever do a pack that will handle the kind of beating that Justin will give it? Yeah, I, I, I can't answer that right now. <laughs> and I'm not being cryptic to. Oh no, no, no. We're being cryptic sake, but we just that's not in our like realm of thinking right now sure well i want to ask you this sorry to be the the bringer of bad news but we have gone an hour and we can keep going well unfortunately i mean you guys can keep going i have a hard out oh no (laughs) I, i have to go but i do want you to uh to tell us what's in the picture behind you oh yeah we never got to it yeah but I saw in the comments somebody said Castle Rock. Castle Rock? I don't know. I just read that a second ago. I, I looked back through the comments. Hmm. So this is man, it's backwards. This is Capitol <laughs> Reef National Park in uh, South Central Utah. It's the least visited national park in Utah, but it is the most stunning. Like it Capitol Reef is my favorite national park. Um, this is a, uh, monument or just a feature in the North end of the power, North end of the park called temple of the sun. So there are, there are two big monoliths out there, temple of the sun, temple of the moon, and just a phenomenal, phenomenal place. Awesome. Does it intersect with the sun at all? Like some of those, uh. I know that one's not man-made, but some of the man-made ones, like they are positioned so that the sun hits it like at a perfect spot. Does it, do you know if it gets its name just from that, or it's just a cool name? I think it's just a cool name. I should know the history behind it a little bit better, but uh, is that a picture you took, Devin? No, it's not. A uh, former coworker of mine, who's a uh, really talented photographer, took that and printed it for me. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, well Devin, why don't you uh, 
why don't you share with her? There's a lot of ways that people can find you online. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> take the next two hours and go ahead and tell everybody how they can find you <laughs> on online <laughs> and, and connect with you. Uh, yeah. So YouTube backcountry exposure, Instagram backcountry exposure, Facebook, same thing. Uh, and then I also am the host of the backpacking experience podcast and it's a great podcast, uh, just uploaded a new episode today. So I had Catherine Gregory on that episode. She was a fantastic guest first time ever on a podcast for her, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, and then, uh, you can email me at Waymark and ask questions. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Tell everybody a little bit about Waymark too, because uh, I mean that is kind of a big deal for you these days. So, yeah, if you're not if you're not familiar with the brand, because in a way we're still newish to the scene. Uh, three three years in business at this point, but WaymarkGearco.com, and yeah, there it awesome, is, man. There it is. There it is. I've had a a huge, huge fun time talking to you. All the fun that you all made of me. That's okay, too. (laughs) More than welcome on here anytime, man. That was a blast. Yeah. Yeah. I I loved it. You know you'll be back. You know you'll be back. Yeah, We like you too much. We like you too much. (laughs) I appreciate that. Well, man, we'll catch you next time. Have a good one, brother. Appreciate it. We'll see you. Man, that was awesome. That was awesome. We also yes. found out that they're getting ready to make a backpack at Waymark. Well, who would have thought that? I never, I never would have guessed that one. <laughs> no, that That's was awesome, great. though, man. He's that a lot of fun. Great. Yeah, it was. Now, next week, we got a good friend coming on the show, hoping that he's going to make a little bit of an announcement next week about some special new stuff. And that's yeah. our good friend, Ben McMillan. Fully from recovered. Yeah, fully recovered from COVID. Hopefully next Monday, I'm not down and out because of COVID. That's crossing the fingers on that one right now. Um, But uh, we are excited to have Ben on here, and he's supposed to have a big announcement to make. Yes, I can't wait. I can't wait to to hear what it is and for him to share with everybody else. I know. It's going to be great. And then the week after that, we got our good friend Betty Braden, who's going to be on here. Uh, It's the night before the announcement of who won the – the, the big giveaway that he's doing for the project that he's doing right now. So uh, kind of excited to have Benny on here. For those of you who don't know who he is, he's plugging in hikes and uh, he's doing a big hashtag right now, which is, uh, Oh my gosh. I just went completely blank on what the, what the hashtag is. Does that That's make okay. He's going to tell us what it is he as is. soon as we have him on. Yes. But we are excited to have Benny on here in a couple of weeks. Um, other than that, I mean, we're getting ready to end season two of the podcast and then start back up in January. Yeah, and we may have a few episodes trickled in that aren't live streams, but if you haven't checked out our recorded episodes, I think they're pretty awesome too. And we've also had some great guests on there too. We have. We've had some excellent guests on there. And we got some big ones that we got hoping to come up in uh, January and February. So pretty excited about that. Oh, yeah. Scheduling pretty it out, baby. We're going to keep it going into oh, yeah. the new year. Oh, yeah. Well, for myself and Jeremiah, the most handsome red bearded man on the planet Stringer, (laughs) thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you guys on the next one. Adios.